What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Hey, movie fans, Dimitri Panos here for Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie, where today we talk about Apollo 11. And you don't have to see the first 10 to get what's going on in this movie. So let's blast off. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Hey, movie fans, Dimitri Panos here for Popcorn Talk Network's Anatomy of a Movie, where today we're going to talk about the awe-inspiring, breathtaking Apollo 11. By my side, my co-host, my my confidant, here all the time together. My co-pilot, my so co-pilot. Hey-o. Marissa, hey-o. Ba-dum-bum. Hello, Marissa everyone. Serafini. Marissa Serafini here. Yes. How's it going? Good, good. You know, good. and I, I think I've made it very clear in past anatomies that I'm not the biggest documentary fan. I'm very transparent about that, but I really enjoyed this. Yeah. One. Well, you know, okay, let, let, let's take the audience back like a week after our, <laughs> our, our anatomy from last week where we did How to Train Your Dragon. We were so thinking good. about what to like, what to do next, mm-hmm. and the movie selection was was slim. Because um, right after Academy Awards, yes, yeah, n- not to say and, it's a dumping ground, but no. not the biggest movies are coming out right in this and, window. And I had seen the night before; I had seen Apollo Eleven on IMAX, and I said, "Marissa, we should do this." I go. Trust me, you'll love this movie, especially after because we did First Man. When that came out last year, yeah. you can watch that show and pretty much gauge our opinion about that movie. And I'm, and I told I her, I, said, I think we we're pretty lukewarm about it, <laughs> right? And I said to her, said whatever that movie got wrong, and after watching, I go, trust me, you will like walk out of Apollo Eleven like inspired and awestruck. And she wow. goes, okay, let's do that. So, what your, you saw it. What did you think? I saw it. I also saw it on IMAX, IMAX. because, you, uh, thanks to your wisdom, I went to go see IMAX. And I loved it. It was great. Um, and obviously, we're going to make a lot of comparisons, unfortunately, to First Man, because it's kind of, now, I'm more embarrassed for First Man, for that movie to be made, mm. when this movie so trumps that. Yeah. It's so much better. A thousand times better. It's more realistic, because it is raw footage. <laughs> uh, but it's also a better adventurous ride when you're yeah. watching it in real time. Yeah, it's... Well, number one, it's not based on a true story. It's not inspired by true events. It, it is, is the event. The event. And yeah. the footage found and the footage edited together in how it does. And there's no, like, real narration outside of, like, intermittent Walter Cronkite, like, actual news narration Piece together in which it does have its own narrative, and it pretty much takes place the night before launch up into Splashdown, where they get pulled out of the capsule and they're in the quarantine for a little bit. And so amazing. Literally from rich. like takeoff to return. Right. And so beautifully 
the footage is amazing. It was NASA footage, mm-hmm. but it was so beautiful. And you can't help but get wrapped up in this story. You can't help but get inspired and go, what an amazing time and how we pulled this off. I, I actually, my audience, there are people applauding Same. when the launch happened. People were like, oh, yeah. yeah like touchdown, they, even on the touchdown. They're like, yes. Yeah. So, and that's the fun <laughs> thing about this movie because just in history, we know it was a successful mission. And yet when we're watching in real time, we're like, oh, my God, are they going to make it? Even though we know that they right. are. It's like, just like the irony of what happens. It, um, it's still fun to watch. And the great thing when I watched this, surprisingly, and it was, you know, I didn't plan this whatsoever. That morning, I rewatched October Sky. Oh, Because, oh. like, one of my favorite sure. films. And it was on TV. And that's one of those films. If it's on, I'm going to watch it, even though I own it. <laughs> And it's such a great movie and also taking place with because that movie starts with right. Sputnik, which, you know, launched the career of, of Homer, right. uh, Homer Hickam and and he, how he got into NASA and the whole space race. And sure. then later that day, I decided to see Apollo 11 at, uh, at like one of the most random times that I could because it was available. And, and so I watched two space movies that <laughs> that day, and it was just fantastic. Yeah. You know, I was just in the right mood to watch yeah. just history unfold. It, yeah, and, and considering 1969, and you're right, so something that, 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 that took place in 1969, you, you're watching real live footage as if you're there, like in the audience, you're there, and it's still inspiring. It still enthralls, and 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 you applaud you applaud the accomplishment, and you're it, it, there's there's like this great sense of pride while watching this movie. It's beautifully. I, I want to say like to say it's beautifully shot. There's no cinematographer per se, other than they remaster some stuff. They make it as HD as possible. But yeah. I appreciated the '60s green. That was that that was in it, and it was hard. Like it, it's Marissa earlier today before we sat down, she was like, you know, I don't usually watch documentaries, and I'm like, but didn't th- this doesn't feel like a documentary? It almost feels like you're watching true history put together with some semblance of a through line from from launch to splashdown. Right, you're seeing a movie unfold yeah. in linear time, yeah. and I think that's what's fun. There is no one narrative per se you're just watching events unfold you're seeing i really broke it down into like four parts of the 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 entire film you had the prep and launch right the actual landing on the moon exploring the moon and then just going back home to earth Mm -hmm. and those are like the big four moments of the whole movie that you're you're watching and but you see it Go from point A to point B to point C to point right. D, like a film would. Yep. You're seeing it unfold, not not necessarily having like a scripted narrative. Nope. But just a narrative of real time. Yeah, and and uh, to to that point, it's 90 minutes, and boy, does it fly by! Like how they chose and how they edited down to like 90 minutes. Like I like had it been a little longer, I wouldn't have minded. Yeah. And, and, and the footage that was used um, to me was, it was just so stunning in IMAX in true IMAX. And I've, there was a, there was a, I guess you would call it a documentary years ago. I believe Tom Cruise narrated it and it was, and it was, um, I have to look it up, but maybe in the booth they can look this up. 
And it was IMAX. It was filmed with IMAX cameras. And it was like a voyage to the moon or something to that. Or mission space. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I remember saying that that is as close as I am going to get to being in outer space like an astronaut was in that movie. And then after watching this, I'm like going, you know, that's as close as I'm going to get to the moon. By feeling right. that I can touch it. And the moon it space itself. Space Station 3D. Yeah, it could have been. Maybe it was Space Station 3D, which was amazing. Yeah. I felt like I could touch the moon. I felt like, like I was literally. on the moon yeah. with them. And, and the texture. How about the color? I did not expect the brownish color because we, we're lucky that we have a satellite that orbits us. Mm-hmm. And we're able to look now. up at it every now and then <laughs> and go, you know, if you take just a moment and take a breath and you look up at the moon, you go... Wow, that's pretty cool. But it's that gray color, right? That's what we associate. And they brought dust back. It's sort of gray. But from this, and it wasn't that it was like time, like the lapsed, or it wasn't that it was a bad film, but the, the, the moon, it's certain, it sort of looked brownish. It, it, like the texture of it was amazing. A little bit. And I liked how they actually described it. Yeah. Um, the, the texture, it's not hard. It's, it's more soft. It felt like sand. Mm-hmm. And we all know what sand feels like, or at least I hope us, <laughs> most of us know what <laughs> sand feels like. We're out in California, so we should. Um, but it, even that, you get the real-time visualization of what it also feels like when mm-hmm. you're with them physically on the moon. Yeah. And, and that makes it more immersive because – and it's just more – realistic too because we we know what that feels like yeah i felt it was extremely immersive um and again uh we should talk about this a little bit we'll 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 talk about this because you know a lot of this comes from nasa footage and it was newly discovered footage 65 millimeter footage with more than eleven thousand hours of uncatalogued audio recordings and so it's almost like watching something with brand new eyes, and there is footage that we had never seen uh, before, like true life footage, which is pretty amazing. So it does give you the sense that you were you were there, and they do a fantastic job because it's not only about who's in space; it was about the people on land. You know, I loved the footage of the people, like the thousands, the droves of people who came to watch this launch. Right, and I think it's also not just the people who watch the launch, but the people who are actually part of the launch. Because, oh, sure. And that's the the great but also, yeah, unfortunate thing. But what <clears throat> this movie does and makes you appreciate it even more is that, yeah, everyone knows that the three astronauts that went to space, right. but people don't know the people who were actually behind it. Right. Launching the mission it. control. And the, the whole mission control in the different places from, like, Florida to Houston. Houston. And we see all the real people... And the different divisions that took over when it was like the prep time, when it's a, it's a group of people, and then when it was actually the launch time, it was a different group of people. When they were now in the air and orbiting, they they moved over to Houston. Right. So, like, legitimately, you get hundreds of different people giving commands to each other, and you you never know them. But uh, what the movie does is actually shed light on the people behind the scenes who allowed the mission to even happen in the first place. And to ensure that the mission worked, that it went on as safe as possible. It's crazy to think that in 1969, the accomplishment that they were able to do, uh, and you're right, they had hundreds of people on the ground. 
overseeing this. And it's crazy to think today that my iPad here is more powerful than the computers that they had for the Apollo 11 mission. Yeah. And you see all the data banks, all the reel-to-reels, all the blinking lights. All the numbers that they had to The true math behind it. The engineering behind it. Right. And, and today, you look back and you think in 1969... The, the the complexities, like the complexity of the the moves. So you get you have to launch this rocket up into space. The booster um, disengages, it disconnects, and then you've got this ship. And then the eagle has to disconnect, then turn around and reconnect. reconnect. And you're going, wow! Like. It seems overly complicated. And it has to be at a certain time in the orbit <laughs> right. for the whole Earth's gravitational pull to put you in the actual pathway of the moon. It, yeah. And what? The, the precision that they had to rely on to do this, it's amazing. It got pulled off. And you have to credit like the human spirit, the human condition. So, you know, growing up as a kid, I grew up, uh, I grew up watching the original Star Trek. And... And before that, I was lucky enough because I, w- I was five years old or so when, when I was watching Star Trek in syndication. So before that, I had astronauts. I was watching this. And Tang, which I still do today, by the way, is, which, was the, which was the drink of astronauts. You know, I still Everyone loves be, Tang. I wanted to be an astronaut. And when you watch Star Trek, they were astronauts in a sense on this mission, uh, uh, you know, of discovery, and that's what these folks were on. They need, they wanted to get onto the moon, and the heroism and courage that 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 is implied in this movie, it, it's just it's it's great. And you walk away with a with a wonderful sense of what we accomplished, and then what that led to as far as space, like designing the space shuttle, things like that. There were right. tragedies. I mean the whole and, space thing, and like, and that's also the thing. Like, as great as this particular documentary was, and you mentioned it could have been longer. I wouldn't mind if it was longer. I wouldn't mind even watching the process of putting, like, actually constructing the a documentary of, of the documentary, right? <laughs> just mean? like just the, the whole design aspect. It has to be this length and this weight of like certain types of materials. Just putting constructing the actual freaking missile to launch the people into space. And and when they're on the moon with the eagle, right, it looked as if, like, the the landing legs are, like, wrapped in tinfoil. You go, that can't be, like, tinfoil. Right. (laughs) It's got to be light enough. But it's just, again, the amount of detail. uh, and, And then you wonder, holy crap, they had these cameras positioned within... The ships by the window, so that I can get this footage. Right. I, and again, when you see it in IMAX and it fills the entire screen, you really get no pun intended the big picture, and it looks it's it's just startling. So why don't we talk a little bit about this footage from from both video and an audio perspective, uh, Marissa? You, you oh, we were talking. You had some. Uh, some some great information on this. So please share. Yeah, so it's really, really interesting. And I went into the, the rabbit hole of all this information. So really, it started um, the director and editor, Todd Douglas Miller. He was working, or like he had just finished another documentary. Mm-hmm. And um, so he was looking for his next project. And 
we had uh, the vice president of CNN Films, Courtney Sexton. She knew the the documentary division uh, and got him in touch with the the motion picture and sound video branch um, that that uh, had all the archives to NASA. Right. And and so he he went into just the archives and found like all this footage, but because it's you know back in the '60s and they recorded on different devices than right. we did now. Absolutely. They're all like 30 millimeter track tapes. Yep. It's just film. It's not even tapes. It's just film. So all that had to be converted first into digital. And and then even the audio that I was recording from everybody who was in the mission control, those, another team actually spent 30,000 human hours right. just converting the sound audio into right. digital files. Right. And then so... Taking the the film footage that is not digitized, the audio files that are not digitized, and then syncing them together, yep. that itself the process, and then um, Todd started editing the footage. Yeah, it's 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 crazy, and considering so, uh, thank you from Neon and, and Gim Kalika, they 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 provided uh, me with a with a press kit that has an amazing interview and and, and uh, conversation with. The, the historical consultant of all this, uh, Robert Perlman. So I'm going to quote a lot from from this because the original source material was 70 millimeter. Now, at the time, and, and even to today on film, 70 millimeter is the widest format film you're going to find. It's, it's pure cinerama. It's huge. And the mere fact that they were filming back in 1969 NASA like had these cameras to do this right. to me and and they weren't but not even the technology yet to process it right and they weren't even well that's the thing they weren't even going to make a quote unquote movie about it right. they were just doing this for art just to have it <laughs> just to have it so that to me is amazing and considering the fact that these reels were discovered by coincidence yeah 165 <laughs> source reels of right. material yeah, and it's sitting in the National Archives so close to the 50th anniversary, it, it was just a discovery. Mm-hmm. So originally NASA held this footage in a storage facility, but over the years it was transferred to the National Archives, where it was more or less forgotten. Ah, there we go. What? We, we have this. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then throughout the years there have been various documentaries made, and some of the footage was prepared for a documentary release in the 70s, but once again, they cropped that footage. So even in the 70s, they never got to see it like we got to see this movie today, which is awesome. Because they had 70 millimeter technology in the 70s. Yeah. And then the raw footage is originally taken. Since NASA didn't have the funds or interest to produce more material, it sat unused. It just sat there. Sat collecting dust, literally. And the interesting thing is, actually, a couple years before the Apollo 11 mission, NASA had put together a deal with MGM Studios um, and with the filmmaker Francis Thomas, who was big in producing the photo IMAX giant screen documentaries back in the day. And uh, so, but... Uh, and it was he. His job was to cover the whole Apollo mission, but on short notice, MGM actually backed out before that. So six weeks before the actual launch of Apollo Eleven, the NASA engineer, um, he he was eager to salvage some aspect of the project and was still game to you know do the actual thing. And um, 
sorry, as I'm reading my notes, yeah. the, uh, his his editor actually, uh, France's editor Thompson. I'm sorry, I don't have his first name, but it was actually his idea to put the cameras in the the Apollo 11 um, right. at, through the windows to have the the actual look of the human. Um, Viewpoint perspective, yeah, and so that's why when we, you know, we actually land on the moon, we're getting the real life perspective of what it looks like. Absolutely. So it was actually his idea to give the the viewpoint yeah, of the I audience. Mean, I would say Apollo Eleven too is literally a found footage movie, like yeah. literally, it was found footage over a thousand hours. Um, editing this is had to have been a monumental task, and you're right, like. With most of these movies about the space race, uh, astronauts uh, of this time period, the one thing that that I found fascinating in this movie is that all those other features, even like the right stuff, and even First Man, uh, they always show the training process, you know, because it was so rigorous, right? Right. This movie doesn't do that. And and I'm sort of kind of happy. Like I didn't. It's like it's already implied that they're in good enough physical shape to yeah. to survive the mission. And you know, it, it it starts off number one that big big contraption that brings the rocket to the launch pad. Mm-hmm. You know, so slow moving. And it's not a special effect. Nope. You know, this is like re- like everything here was only um, remastered. But there was nothing digitally touched up, so to speak. They didn't add a special effect. They didn't they just add the added moon. <laughs> brighter, vibrant right. colors. And it was so, on the IMAX, it was so vibrant. Oh, and the sound. And the sound and the audio footage, uh, again, it, it, it was, um, again, coming from Robert Perlman. The sound footage here is something they, that they knew existed. Um, it had not been lost like the images, but they only had access to it recently. And so when the astronauts went to to the moon, there were several different tracks of audio. And, of course, we had televisions covering this, so that makes sense. Yeah, television and radio, because radio was not dead at the time. Right, and then you had mission control. Yep. Which, which which he's using, um, the astronauts' voices. So NASA made hours of this audio available, and what this film team has done is sort through all of that audio. It was University of Texas at Dallas. <laughs> nice. Yeah, the, the sound engineers there. They, they spent crazy. over upwards of 10,000 hours on the audio. <laughs> it was spread over 60 channels, and all their sole job was to digitize all the audio. Yep. And syncing it it up with the available footage that you have. So for the first time, you can watch flight controllers speaking from mission control and actually hear what they're saying because the audio has been synced and corresponds with what we're actually seeing on screen. What took place at the time to say this movie is a time capsule is is like no pun intended. Like it literally (laughs) is a a wonder. It is a wonderful um, time capsule. So. You know, and and to know that this was a film team from NASA captured the estimated one million people who showed up for the launch. One million people. And, you know, you know what the constant is whenever one million people or whoever show up for any kind of a an event watching a rocket launch, going to the movies, for example, Mm -hmm. concessions. Concessions, concessions, yeah. concessions. There was, I saw there people there. I'm like, yep, they're still selling like, hot I'll dogs. I'll take a hot dog, too. <laughs> I'll take a hot dog. Um, 
It was really, but but to see that communal atmosphere, mm-hmm. it, everybody, it, it was. It, it was, was so crazy. funny to to watch the archive footage now. I'd noticed not one person was on a cell phone because they weren't around then. No, nope. this was during a time where literally when a big event happened, it's not where like we're sitting on our phones or computers yep. and watching a big event via our technology, we're actually going to the event yep. and watching it in live. Yeah, and, and this was Making being broadcast memories. live on TV, and these these these, these pilgrims m- made that journey to see it. And it's funny, you say there were no cell phones, so there was nobody doing this, no, no. selfies. But the cameras, like the Kodachrome cameras and the 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 Super 8s that, that some people brought with yeah, the them. Handhelds the handhelds. The handhelds. Uh, that to me too. When you, when you talk about that time period, it was great. And and the and again the way it was remastered, the colors of what people were wearing. To me, it really stood out. But again, everybody was there for this common, this common goal. This because mm-hmm. there was going to be in all hopes and prayers, it was going to be an accomplishment. This this wonderful first time ever and to see this people just really wanted to 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 go there be there and and you know it had this it had this beautiful vintage feel to it um and you all you actually you actually felt as if you were in the middle of this throng you can almost smell the hot dogs (laughs) cooking it was great and it's fun to watch just uh, what, <clears throat> I mean, a lot of people saw the, the inside of the cockpit with um, the, the three astronauts and right. Neil Armstrong and all that. But it's it's cool to see them, what they did during the mission, too. This is, I mean, like, Neil had a pilot the whole thing. Yes. And, and I think that's why a lot of people, like, remember his name. Because not to say he did the most, but, right. like, he had one of the most important jobs Absolutely. to actually. That's the reason why they hired him, because yeah. he was the pilot. Or just a pilot. Yeah. And um, But it was cool to watch just what they did during the time of just the trip there. Oh, Like, my not God. just the launch with the, the, I felt that was the whole mission control. Right. We saw their experience with the launch. But them just living out their day and doing the work and yep. like recording all the data during the the four day travel to the moon. Yep, and not uh, a lot of people saw that. No, and and on top of that, these guys had a sense of humor. Yeah, about it all. Um, and again, you know, it was one of the things uh, I remember coming out of it, and I said this to you. I, I just. How did First Man get things so wrong? And it was one of my problems with First Man because this is such it's such a historic event and it's it's an event of discovery and accomplishment and what we did. This movie puts First Man <clears throat> to shame. And and First Man I never got that it, it wanted to be the anti of that. And I always felt like my, one of my biggest complaints was is is it made the astronauts seem angry about their jobs. Mm-hmm. Like there was no sense of we're going to the moon. Like we're the only we're going to the, we're going to be the first on the moon. And I felt there was no sense of pride. I just felt that they were angry. And even when they were walking to the rocket ship going down the gangway, they were just walking along. And this movie showing the true thing that yes, there was nervousness. You can tell, mm-hmm. but all the people around They're them and waving. all the support, and they were waving They're to happy. people. And they were like, hey, okay, we have this job to do. And they felt like you feel, I'm glad that I got to watch this to see 
because they felt that there was a pride. They knew the stakes, and they knew what they were doing no one else had done. And I, I just felt that these astronauts weren't angry at their jobs. They didn't hate their jobs. Right. They and actually wanted to accomplish this mission. Right, and I think that's what First Man, <clears throat> that film, did. Um, I, I think because, I don't want to say it, but it, it was very Hollywood. And, and the fact where the only drama you can make of that was the human condition. Mm-hmm. And you can see that you know, the, well, the struggle, the the failed missions, the, the just the failed test that they did leading up to the actual Apollo 11 mission and you see the human condition of the family and the stress and all the work that they had to put in and all the strain to put on the families so you see just the human condition of that drama and the archival footage that you see with this you just see the drama that is all the actual technical work that was put into it it's more the the science and the math behind it rather than the human condition and there was still though human condition from our our our, our people in the ground um guiding them to when they're going to lose them you know for for that communications blackout coming back and also the human condition of our, our our astronauts conducting interviews with people on earth um taking questions from class it really made the phrase when neil armstrong is on the ladder of the eagle one small step for man one large giantly the one giantly for mankind and you really understood the pardon the pun the gravity gravity. (laughs) of what he said Mm -hmm. because it really and that's what I thought First Man didn't really quite get, that this wasn't insular. This really was for mankind. The mm. entire world was watching and holding their breath. Trust me, Russia was watching. Yeah, they were. <laughs> and the, and <clears throat> shaking their fists at us because we did it first. But the astronauts, or the cosmonauts in Russia, mm-hmm. may have had that competitive edge, but they too were holding their breath and going, wow. Everybody watched, and when he when he sets foot in the moon again, another awe inspiring moment. That in my audience they were just like you could hear a pin drop, mm-hmm. like it was wow, incredible. And you felt from from the positioning of the camera as if we were looking out of the the, the eagle's window, doing this. Again, to me it was tremendous, and then to see Buzz Aldrin come down and they 20 minutes later yeah. planted the flag and the salute to the flag and again this wasn't just rah rah we're americans this was this is for we're everybody human. yeah and and you really get that and the the their exploration and the digging up of the minerals or of the moon and then talking to one another which i don't recall ever hearing it was just to me that was a special moment. Right. I felt like I was there, and, and that in. was the fun thing about it because again, you saw it in real time. You mm. saw Neil get off of the ladder, and then twenty minutes later, you saw Buzz join him. And then you, there was a moment where you can see just them enjoying what they were doing. They were just walking around exploring, as one should when they're on the moon, but also taking pictures of them of themselves and having fun and and explaining. 
Like, right. hey, this is what this feels like. And yeah, well, we think it's soft. There's, there's this, it's hard underneath this soft dust. And right. I'm putting the, the camera here. Yes. Like 20 feet away, you know? Like they're actually walking us through everything. Yeah. But there's reasoning behind it, what mm-hmm. they're doing too. Yeah. And uh, cinema verite <laughs> is it literally. A, you know, <laughs> literally what this was because there was no overvoice no. explaining to us, you know, outside of, like I said, they had the Walter Cronkite. Um, his 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 news stuff that that was the live broadcast and yeah. and everything, but there was no overvoice saying. And these men, they knew the dangers. And here he comes on. No, we just got to watch it free of any of that. We felt like interlopers, as if we were part of this adventure. And it felt like we got a free ticket yeah. to the moon. <laughs> and then you know, and then the ride back again. When you think about what they had to do. The timing of it all, and it's just amazing what they accomplished and how they did it, and how they even got back alive. Right, and I think like (laughs) even just to take a step back, the whole four minute real time sequence of them just freaking (laughs) landing on the moon, like that's when it was the most quietest in in my theater because we're watching the whole four minute time sequence, literally down to the second they physically touch the moon. And even with the, the, the alarms going off, the 1201, 1202 alarms going off, and we're like, what's that? Uh, but also with the the jeopardy of losing fuel right. at the same time. And I'm like, and that's the, the human behind the numbers where this is where I can never be part of NASA, even though oh, I wish. Yeah. Um, because the, the numbers that they had to calculate to have enough fuel just to land, and they got it within seconds yeah seconds and, and that was the other cool thing and it never and it never bothered me it never was obstruct i never found it obtrusive that's the better word is in that scene and in some other scenes they had like a countdown clock mm-hmm. or a count up clock and <clears throat> i actually it was for me it it really enhanced the experience because i would pay attention and look what's going on and like you use that as okay Wow! It's wow! They're really counting down. Oh, they have to get there. It and literally was a ticking the, clock. Right, and they had to get it on the exact <clears throat> second, like twenty-eight seconds, until they burned the fuel to to propel themselves into the back into the moon's gravitational Absolutely. force. You know, yeah. like they had to get everything down to the second. Right. Can you imagine how many mathematicians were working on this? Yep. Crazy. And the piloting Crazy. that it took. Yeah. To get it done. Uh, it's it really is considering in 1969. So don't complain um, about your tax, you know, <laughs> money going to NASA. Like the, they're actually working and doing stuff. With it, yeah, so. and, and 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 again, it was uh, it's just very awe inspiring. Um, you know, especially coming back again. We know the stories. We've seen it in movies like First Man, um, where they lose contact with with Earth mm-hmm. uh, on on reentry, and oh my God, are we are they gonna are be spamming a can? <laughs> are they gonna? Yeah, are they gonna make it through the atmosphere? What's gonna happen? And even that, even knowing that we know what's going to happen, you're still like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and and that to me is actually, it's it's one of the beauties of of going to the movies, and definitely one of the beauties of seeing this movie in IMAX because, albeit. We've seen there's tons of footage out there about this mission. Seeing it in this format, the way that it was presented, it still left a sense of nervousness. And you still felt a sense of discovery and pride. And that was great. When they were splashed down, you were like, woof. 
I mean, yeah, it's also real time because we know <clears throat> it's it became a successful mission. We know they all survived. But when you're watching it and you see the smallest capsule plummeting <clears throat> to the earth on fire, on fire, just us as humans, we're naturally we're like, are they gonna make it? Yeah. Even though we know they do. Um, and it's fun to just visually watch it because that is what happened. And that's the, the beauty of the science when they constructed the capsule. Right. Um, and they had to get the actual coordinates uh, in the the Pacific Ocean to, right. to make sure that, hey, we're landing in this area at this speed right. and make sure all these people are, are around. So, like, just the, the numbers that went into that. And, do, and don't forget, too, more cameras. Like, when you see right. out the window and you can't see out the window because it's all fire. You're like, oh, my God. Like, right. literally, we were seeing what these astronauts were seeing in real time. Mm-hmm. And and there's no special effects. Uh, Earth. And, you know, the remastered sound was tremendous, uh, all-encompassing, especially in IMAX. So it lent to that. And again, it wasn't that they, they just remastered the sound. They were, they were not adding, quote-unquote, sound effects or anything. And it's it was if just anything quite, they boosted the already <clears throat> existing sound. Right. It was just just a marvel to watch and to see. Uh and when the hour and a half is done, you know, and it led to the famous ticker tape uh, ticker tape parade. Um mm-hmm. which again led to that this is a celebration for everybody. Uh again, you, you just walked away, or at least I did, with this wonderful sense of pride. And uh, I really think that this, yeah, the movie was fantastic for me. I thought I loved was, how they put it together. Yeah, and like I, re- I remember just like walking out and thinking, I was like, the reason my first man didn't get any love is because this one at the Academy Awards is because Apollo Eleven. This documentary is going to get all the love mm-hmm. next year. Rightfully I, so. Yeah, I I truly hope that it does not get forgotten. I mean, because it does. I mean, it came out. Very early this year. Early in the year. <clears throat> and we'll have, I'm sure, between now, November, December, there'll be a lot of other, so, some other really good contenders, but I really don't want Apollo 11 to right. be to be forgotten because it really does deserve, when you consider the hours spent and cobbling and editing something to make a narrative and then sound engineering or re-engineering the, the dialogue to match up with what you're seeing, right. that to me is something but Also crazy. adding more yeah. uh, <clears throat> just the visual graphics within in where it's visually showing the audience of what's actually happening to the capsule, mm-hmm. well, like detaching, spinning around, reattaching. Right. Um, that's just giving us the visual cue of what's actually happening. Too. Yeah. It makes us understand like the process that they had to go through. And the complexity of it. And the complexity. Yeah, they're detaching here. Boosting your your <laughs> fuels here, you know, getting into orbit here, detaching here, taking right. off here, reattaching to another thing here. Right. Um. It's it's crazy of the all the actual fancy maneuvers that they had to do to pull it off. Uh, it's amazing. It was like, wow, this is the easiest you could could have come up with, huh? Right. Wow. I can't imagine what we can do <laughs> now right. with better technology, computers also behind the numbers, but the human condition as well. Absolutely. You know, I still think I, I still I like to believe, anyways, and it could be the the science fiction romantic in me, but there I still believe that there is a, a very wonderful sense of discovery that we have, and a lo- and a lot of this was born from the sixties. A lot of it was born from John F. Kennedy, who was a huge 
fan. And I'm glad they had his speech in doing this. He never got to say see this, per se. But what this was all born of. Go ahead. Oh, right. And also, I did love how they had that moment with the whole Chappaquiddick incident. Because it mm-hmm. is happening during the real time. Um, with uh, uh, the Ted Kennedy. Ted Kennedy. I was going to say Bobby was like Ron Kennedy. Um, don't don't kill me. I wasn't alive during that. But the whole Ted Kennedy <laughs> Chappaquiddick incident because it did take time during the Apollo Eleven, and right? they did take away the the coverage of Apollo Eleven to cover that because that was also a political time. Yeah. Um. Too. And I, and I like that. And I liked how JFK was at the the helm of like really advocating for the space race. Really. Too, because I don't think. It, had he not been pushing hard enough for this, this might not have even happened. It might have gone away. Well, it might have died with him. Right. Um, but he is he was so inspiring as well uh, and pushing the nation. And, and, of course, there's so many political things going on in wanting to beat Russia. I mean, that that is a main crux of this. Being up there, getting up there first is a big deal. Mm-hmm. But it's the accomplishment of what not just Americans. I said this earlier. It's not what just Americans can do. It's what mankind can do. And we saw some women in that control room, too. Made me think of Hidden Figures. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, Another I great mean, film. <clears throat> which is, you know, like the, the flip side of 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 master control and, yeah. and what, we're, what we're seeing. Female humans and, behind the numbers. Yeah. And, and, and to me, that is also a very inspiring movie about this program. Um, that we did come together uh, to, 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 to make this happen. To launch someone yeah. into orbit. And to put them on the moon. Mm-hmm. And th- th- there's pride, but there, there, there's, a, there's that sense of American pride, yes. But to know what it launched for, I mean, we have the ISIS space station yeah. currently now, which wow. every now and then, um, does flybys over my house, and I have an app that'll tell me, and you can see that little pinpoint of light, just just booking it across the sky, and it's really cool. And we also had uh, what was it, SpaceX, mm-hmm. just connected first time ever yep. a private satellite connected with ISA. I mean, all of these things, and even within the <clears throat> the last like year or two, we had right. a successful mission that we sent something to Mars, and it came right. back. Yeah. We we with technology, we can't lose sight of all of these accomplishments. And it's easy in today's mm-hmm. landscape. It's easy in today's news, but we shouldn't. And when you see a movie like Apollo Eleven, for me, anyways, it reignites that passion. I, I become more hypersensitive when I hear about this. We can never lose that sight of discovery and, and what it means for 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 people and humankind. And that's what these people. Ultimately, that's what their goal was. And I think it was, uh, and it makes this a special movie to see. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's just great because this was, this takes place like 50 years ago now. Right. Um, So for us to accomplish something so big back then, uh, like our missions are just getting bigger now. And like just the, the the grandiose um, and um, just the ideas of what can we do bigger and better now. Now we're even in the regular conversations of having like luxury hotels in space in orbit. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. That's how much technology has advanced. That's just silly. (laughs) People can live in a hotel in space. Yeah. What? Yeah. 
That's you call us crazy, but science fiction. Yeah, you call us crazy, but we sent people to the moon. That's not like that's it's actually attainable. Absolutely, it's crazy. Yeah, and and again, you get that great sense of accomplishment, especially there's so many quotable things like the eagle has landed. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, I had people in the audience. I started once that the eagle has landed, people applauded. You know, and um, it is the great stuff that science fiction is made of. Uh, so, yeah, I really think, um, you know, I know that, that, that Neon plans to expand the picture in regular theaters. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, many people who are watching us or listening to us today, um, hopefully they got to see it. Hopefully they got to see this thing in, in actual, uh, IMAX. IMAX. Because that's the way to go that's for That's the experience this movie. for it. If really you want to actually feel like you're landing on the moon watching an IMAX. Yeah, and, and, and it truly is. So let's talk a little bit about I want to talk a little bit about it's this this movie's reception because I think it's really important and I think yeah. it's an accomplishment all of in, in in of all itself here. So number one, from a rotten tomatoes standpoint, when I last looked and it was just about twenty minutes before coming to air here, 100%. 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. For a documentary. What? What movie ever gets 100% in Rotten Tomatoes? You figure there's going to be one... I can't even think. Yeah, you figure there's going to be one crab apple in the crowd. But no, 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. That says something uh, for this movie. Um, and and I want to talk about its... its so it, I want to talk about its... its it's it's estimated box office thus far. So it opens up in 120 theaters this past weekend, and they're all IMAX houses across the country. That was the goal. Um, decent release date because, um, you know, Captain Marvel is coming out this coming weekend. That'll take a lot of IMAX, if not all of them. So not they had a window. <laughs> yeah, they had a they had a window of opportunity here. Mm-hmm. So they released in 120 theaters. And they ended up grossing on its opening weekend $1.6 million. So that's a per screen average of thirteen of just over $13,000 average. So that within itself is, is an accomplishment because I know I went to, I saw this movie on Thursday night previews and it was packed, like packed. Like I, I'm not going to say sold out, but it was packed. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was, it made me feel good. I go, people know about this movie. People want to see this movie, and, and they've chosen to see it in the best possible format that you can do it in. And I think the great thing is also <clears throat> people are still alive from when this happened. So people now have another more deeper, immersive look into something that they witnessed when they were younger, but now even closer when they're older. Yeah. So the, like people of this generation are still alive yeah. and still around. Absolutely. And it's, and it's funny that you say that um, because I did notice, uh, I noticed, I guess, families is the best way to put it. Um, People who brought brought children with them to see this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, I had a there was a great mix. There's a great mix of older um, families bringing kids to watch this. Uh, there was a good college crowd when I saw this, and there was a mix of men and women. Um, so they knew about the movie, and they came out on a Thursday night to fill up an IMAX theater at AMC Century City, and that to me was well, th- this is. This is good. This is good for movie going. And this is just 
it, it's a good sign when people really sought Apollo 11 out to go see this. Um, and they're, you know, estimated gross, and this I'm just getting from Box Office Mojo, is uh, two, $2.3 million. It's almost two point four. That's not too shabby in 120 locations. For one week, yeah. For one week. That's really good. One week. And, uh, you know. It has the, some the legs. It, 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 really it could do really And there's well. also a rewatchability <clears throat> factor. And even though it's a documentary, you can rewatch it. I think so. And still yeah. enjoy it. I think so. And get just. You know what I found? Another interesting facet of this movie I found is that. A lot of it was um, they used some time-lapse photography. So it wasn't footage, but they had these static images that they almost animated. You know what I mean? Um, right. <clears throat> so I thought that everything just blended really well. And that, to me, too, lends to rewatchability because there's a sense of detail. Right. There, I think there was a point when they were actually on the moon. They, they said that they set the camera to one frame per second. Yeah. So, again, the, the static images, but put all together in a sequence, it looks like a, like a, a clip mm-hmm. um, that you can actually see on the moon. And that's what's fun, too. Yeah. Because that's, again, also in real time. Yeah. Also, um, going back to some of the footage, um, footage in the USS Hornet, the aircraft carrier, mm. <laughs> seeing Richard Nixon, like, on the boat, um, you know, which is, again, it's just like, hey, oh, my God, that's that that's the, the president of the United States at that time. Um, it was almost like a where's Walter. It's like who else am I going to see? <laughs> who else? Who else is in that crowd of millions eating hot dogs with their <laughs> with their handheld cameras right. uh, watching this? And to know that it wasn't just those million. It was it was being broadcast literally around the world to the best of technology, the capability of that time. Right. And the great thing about also this movie is that you can watch <clears throat> this as an educational program. Absolutely. Teachers are going to be playing this in schools. You could. Absolutely. And your students won't be bored. No. No, your students won't yeah. be bored. I wish this was around when I was in school. I would have paid more attention. Yeah. I mean, it I was... actually did pretty good in science. But, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's just like also when you're you're teaching, you know, science and history and just math and, and, and all of that, like show them this clip or yeah. like show them the just the entire film yeah. and be like, yeah, humans pulled us off. We pulled it off. We pulled it off when everything was going against us. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, when you think about it, I mean, the engineering to this, which I'm like you, I, I would not be on NASA. Down to the uh, second. Yeah, yeah. A fuel. Yep, and they were wearing their their their, their Omega watches. Yeah. Uh, so, My dad could do this. He's a mathematician. <laughs> see, I couldn't. Yeah. I, I I could not. He but, he'd be uh, like the one computing the numbers. Yeah. yeah, and that to me is and to ha- and to have that team of of men women on the ground in, in mission control uh, doing this, and they had their own narrative through this movie mm-hmm. uh, as well, which I found again fantastic. And for a documentary, there was no there's no there's no narrator. Right. Telling you they would have like a a, a a title card or something saying this is so and so. Yeah, and I, I liked how they did show the different teams, quote unquote, yeah. like the, the black team, the red team, the gold team, whatever. And it just makes you also remember how many teams had to approve. Okay, take off. Okay, land. Whatever. It's like you had to go through like twenty people to say yes just to do it, or else you abort the mission. Uh, and. 
how many and and how many people were watching the heart rates? The heart rates so, part was funny. Heart rates are funny. Hey, and this is for you. Uh, this is for my friend Kim from Neon, who had her Fitbit watching the movie. But it was just They're funny. Like, Hundred this, this one eighty one. I'm like, yeah. Yep. When I'm going then, like full out on a on a treadmill, I can get my heart up to 170. And then, but then, but Buzz I can't Aldrin, imagine 181. Buzz Aldrin like 98. 98. <laughs> yeah. Okay. These I'm guys there. are in shape. The cardio's. <laughs> I loved when they were showing that again. Another piece that we that, that's not commonly seen, known, that, that I can ever recall. Mm-hmm. And that was great. What are their heart rates? And they had the little cardiogram thing going yeah. across. And, and also the moment where they're like, uh, Buzz, can you reattach it? <laughs> because yeah, it's not reading. He's like, I'll let you know if I'm not breathing. <laughs> Again. Sense of humor. Sense of humor. One last, one last dig to, to to first man. So, so they splash down. They do get put in that quarantine room. Yeah. A, a first man ends in such the angriest, depressing last right. shot. Like the, and, the wife looks at Neil like, "Yeah, I did it. That's it. I'm back." And then here we <laughs> are in this movie. They're like. Hey, happy birthday! Yeah, they're already doing like interviews via window and whatnot. Like, there's and the biggest smiles the, on all their faces. I know, and they got the detail of the Roman first man right. I yeah. mean, because that was exactly it. And then we got to see the Tinker Tape Parade, the Ticker Tape Parade. Um, so, yeah, Apollo Eleven. Uh, we don't do that many documentaries here, but I'm glad we were able to cover this one because it uh, it's a czar inspiring uh, look. When it happened in 1969, I can I can tell you I was in Greece, um, and it was as big a deal there that I can recall uh, all over the world. And then coming back, that's all I ever wanted to be was an astronaut. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but then I went from being an from wanting to be an astronaut to hey, look at that guy hanging in the back of the truck. That looks good. My mom, <laughs> you want to be a trash man? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why not? So I went from astronaut to trash man in about a week. No, but then I, I, I watched this different. film and I was like, maybe I should have reconsidered careers. careers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty awe inspiring. So um, yeah, as we wrap this up, final f- final thoughts on on Apollo Eleven. What would you? It's great. Tell people like and uh, like I said at the top, I'm not the biggest fan of documentaries, <clears throat> but if I can watch more well made. Um, and well-told stories such as this one, I'd be watching documentaries every single day. Yeah. So good on Apollo 11. I, I, I couldn't talk about this movie enough this past week. Um, and, and everybody that I've spoken to that has seen the movie really, really loved it as much as I did. So um, kudos to Apollo 11. Uh, may you continue to have this journey at the box office. Um you know, and, and audiences go out and see it. And if there are some straggling premium large format screens out there for you to see it at, I think we would strongly urge do it. Go do it. Um, there are no spoilers. I, I couldn't do a spoiler warning to this movie because if you don't it happened know, fifty it years happened. ago. Yeah, it already happened. Um, the only excuse for you to not know it is if you like <laughs> didn't go to school. All right, and, <laughs> and so. But if, in any case, if you are watching us or listening to us today and you haven't seen Apollo 11, hopefully we inspired you to go, to go seek it out because you should. We all know you're going to go see Captain Marvel this weekend, but you should go seek this movie out as well because it really is it's, – it's true. It happened, and everything you see on, on screen is not really – it's remastered. It's not it's fake. Seven, but it's but it, it ain't fake. Right. So um, 
Yeah, so I, I hope that the audience, uh, I hope there's a good audience out there who's tuning us in today. Uh, as we always love to say, uh, we love to hear your, your your feedback. We love to hear your thoughts and opinions. Marissa, uh, we, had an, we, we had this discussion last week. I'm going to bring it up again this week. And in all the weeks to follow, uh, I've been following a lot of conversation that takes place um, after our show. And recently, whether they've agreed with us or not, people have been thoughtful. They've been kind. Too. They, 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 they haven't been bullies. And, and, and I don't like to tolerate bullies. I don't like when they beat up on you. I don't like when they beat up on me uh, for no reason. That's the name of the game. I don't mind if people don't agree um, with me. Uh, but, but, but just do it in a respectful way and be thoughtful about it. And recently, we've had a lot of people agreeing with us. Our, our How to Train Your Dragon. We had so many people say, love this movie so much. Yeah. And I think on this show... I think for the people that watched Apollo 11 or will watch and come back, I think it's going to be the same thing. That they're going to be as our inspired. And maybe like you, they didn't know so much about what, what was going on. And I think this movie is going to open up eyes. And maybe maybe you'll be better science fiction fans. Maybe you'll like appreciate all this well, and so, where so this comes it's, from. It's a good educational tool for the kids of this generation now who... Who, you know, you remember that the whole feeling of growing up, I want to be an astronaut? Well, you can be. You actually can, you can be. be. And yep. this this movie is proof that you can yep. be. And so. we have better tools right. to make that happen. It's an attainable today. goal. It really is. And if you're smart enough, I, I, I just couldn't be. I just wanted to be the guy that just, like, hung off the ladder going, wee! <laughs> <laughs> like, those, those would have been my first words. Wee! There Not <laughs> it wouldn't have been one small step for mankind. No, we <laughs> we that would have been it. So, anyways, folks. Well, next week we most likely will be talking Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. Uh, and in the future we've got so many movies coming out this fine spring. So stay tuned to watch all of them. In the meantime, thank you very much for your time and attention and tuning us in. Feel free, as I said, to write in the comments, Marissa. Where can people? find you follow on, me yeah follow you you can follow me you. ever at seraphini tv and please feel free to support me on the twitters at dmovies at dmovies 1701 see that's a space reference right there 100 <laughs> it's 1701 being the serial number of the uss enterprise uh so you can follow me in the twitters there uh we could talk science fiction uh people on twitter lately have been it's been a great supportive community, so I wanted to thank you people for that, and thank you people for your comments. Keep them coming. Keep on going to the movies, because that's where we'll be. Take care, folks. Bye. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit PopcornTalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.